0: Happy 5th Anniversary, Message to Kings. Can you believe it's been 5 years since we started this show? I'm truly amazed we started this show in 2013 and here we are today. You guys are amazing. And I I just want you to know how blessed I am that anyone would even care. Thank you for tuning in and caring, gleaning what you can uh, for a fresh hunger and rallying and a like passion. Over 5 years ago, Uh, My family, um, I had a work assignment, and we as a family uh, moved to Australia, um, and it was followed by a work-from-home assignment for five months. The work-from-home assignment gave me a lot more free time to be creative, and I read Bill Johnson's book, Dreaming with God. It's an amazing book, and it speaks to creativity of the heart when we dream with God. And I started writing down creative ideas, and ways to share with others my passions, gifts, and heart for God. One of my passions was history, and I never knew where it would go because I didn't want to become a traditional history teacher, and and this is where it overlaps with podcasting. Well, Working in finance and accounting, there would be seasons where I used to have hours and hours, and it turned into days and even weeks of heads-down introverted accounting work. This was hard for an extrovert to do introverted work with, without someone to talk to. Uh, can anyone relate to that? During these seasons, I scoured podcast land for anything of interest and soaked it up. There was audio Bibles as well, and commentaries, and even old scratchy readings of whatever I could find. I soaked it out all up. And at that time, I had to check out even the CDs at the libraries for audiobooks, and there even wasn't many of them. And as I soaked up history podcasts on anything of interest, and there wasn't that many out there at the time, I started to mentally compare them to the biblical accounts. And in a healthy way, something rose up in me, kind of a, kind of a, um, a frustration, but it, it seemed like it was a healthy frustration because something was off. And when I heard these history stories where God was purposely or just erroneously forgotten out of the stories, it would bother me because it was the best part of the stories. Wait until we get to Cyrus the Great. The parallels just will freak you out. So after reading Dreaming with God, I did this, and I wrote um, five creative projects ranging from writing a book to a ten-part podcast program. I prayed about these, and I felt like I should start the podcast first. And I wrote a few scripts, and surprisingly fast, and realized one like me could actually do this, and started to get going and something happened. The technology and resources required and expertise is not something that is significantly required for podcasting, and with minimal resources, anyone can podcast. And as I moved forward, it was like a light bulb, or call it an inspired idea, because I didn't I didn't really want to do this, but I originally wanted to do a podcast on my 10 favorite stories in history where where the God part was removed. The idea or light bulb or inspired thought was, why not start from the beginning? And I went with it. So instead of 10 favorite stories, Message to Kings, A Biblical History of Man came forth. A history education is two classes short of a minor. That's it. My spiritual education could be considered lengthy, but I have no seminary degree to speak of. It'll almost make you laugh if you knew it all. I grew up Methodist, my wife Lutheran. I went to a Catholic high school. We got married in a non-denominational church, was an elder in a non-denominational church. Went to a Planet Shakers church in Australia. That's a cool place. And currently in Seattle, we go to a Nazarene church called Revive Church, It's is more like a non-denominational church. And after seeing the power of God move in our lives, we learn that what we have from our vast church history background, but we make sure Jesus is always first. Jesus founded the church. It's not perfect, but he wants it to be. Now that's our background. So in a way, we've seen a lot, but honestly, teachers become teachers by starting as a student and finding a passion and diving in. A pastor starts with just one, the one in front of you, the teacher, the same. As for me, I guess I started working on the podcast and I had to answer a question. Would I do this for me even if no one cared? It's a hard question. And answer this one and your motives are revealed. Let God do a work in you where you are, and surrender all to Him and see what He can do with what little you have. And maybe that's why you guys out there care. The program has no association to an organization, but a common love for God and history. And maybe it's that simple. You guys like hearing some anointed regular guy with a like passion. So now that we've come five years, I have to say, I believe we are at least halfway done with the program, probably five more years to complete it. And it depends where we will truly end, but it looks like we are right in the middle. And I'll try my best to not have podcast syndrome. That is a habit of podcasters to slow the program to ridiculously slow levels the further they go on. And I'll try to keep the pace the same. But honestly, I don't know what form this is going to take when we hit the Gospels, but we will see. Um, That is an invitation, too. Like, If anyone has a really awesome resource on um, the uh, uh, harmony of the Gospels that blends the four accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, chronologically together, I'm looking for it. Um, I've seen some, but they seem kind of limited. I'm looking for something really good. Uh, we have some challenges ahead of us. How to tackle the hundreds of years between Malachi and Matthew. How much world history to cover. Enough to tell the story, but not too much to turn this into a history podcast instead of a biblical history podcast. We have concluded the kingdom era now. The prophets and the kings and chronicles. It was a joy studying and sharing um, everything from this time period. I learned so much, and the context really is amazing. And as we learned about the glory of kings and prophets and their conclusion with the destruction of Jerusalem, I was moved actually by an, an art exhibit I saw uh, when we visited Bentonville, Arkansas. I went to Crystal Bridges Art Museum. There was a piece of art, a painting. And let me describe it. Um, and here's the write-up on the art. It's called Landscape by Mark Tansy, and it was created in 1949. And this is what it says about it, and it'll describe it as well. And for a reference, you can look at the artwork for this episode, which is actually this painting. Although titled Landscape, Mark Tansy's painting has little to do with nature. Although at first glance, the work looks like a landscape with a horizontal line and what appears to be a mountain, As we look more closely, the scene is revealing as creative and imaginative. The mountain is no longer a mountain, but a heap of crumbled sculptures or statues. The figures have likeness to famous men and monuments, including the Sphinx, Constantine, George Washington, Stalin, Hitler, Lenin, Augustus, and Julius Caesar, along with assorted pharaohs and Mayan kings, among others. They have been placed together in this discarded heap in a barren landscape. The message is contradictory. Leaders' legacies are preserved through art, but whose legacies will escape the dustbin of history. As I pondered the meaning of it all, I mean, it was pretty awesome for a history guy just sitting there staring at these characters, and I'm trying to pick them out one by one. um, And like, oh, there's Stalin, there's Hitler... There's the Sphinx and all these characters in history. I'm looking at it and I'm kind of just processing what it is, and, and I'm picking out the the dead world leaders and even the dictators. Stalin, for example, he was there. He killed millions during his reign, and he and he, you know, basically owned all of Russia and the Soviet Union. And the other world leaders were there all together, and a monument of, of ruins stacked up upon themselves. There were heroes and conquerors and politicians, great kings of their day, and I pondered their legacy in a powerful yet brief moment. Then I started talking to myself. Sounds weird, eh? Actually, my wife was with me and then my eldest daughter, but they were distracted pretty quick. And as I talked out loud, they weren't even there. And what I said was, they're all dead. They're all dead. I said not realizing I was alone at that point. But Jesus, he's alive. Our king, our savior, the one who paid the ultimate price, he lives. Let us always keep this perspective. Our king lives, the greatest conqueror, the one who conquered sin and death. Our prophet, the greatest prophet, prophesied everything that is to come. We studied the kings and prophets, and so many of them had their moment in the sun, but none truly compares to our Savior and King, who is not dead, but fully alive, conquering sin and death. Okay, so all that being said, let's discuss the kings. Filling our survey from weeks ago on who was the best kings in Israel, the top two always seemed to be David, then Solomon. Nearly always in this order. And there's not a lot of disagreement on this. The third king is normally a toss-up between Josiah or Hezekiah. And I've even got a couple of votes for Asa and one vote for Jehoshaphat. The worst king seemed to always be Manasseh. But Ahab gets the most cut-downs by the prophets, and, um, and even the Bible talks almost the worst about Ahab. And Ahaz has been voted the worst by others. Jeroboam, in a way, was the worst because he started with the most and threw it away so quickly. There's also Athaliah as honorable mention consistently. And though she wasn't supposed to be king or she was queen um, and her reign was so short and her reign of terror was so messy, um, she always gets honorable mention. And maybe one day we'll have like a widget or some kind of rolling living survey on the website. Um, So third king You know that that Josiah or Hezekiah or Asa Or Jehoshaphat Um, So those votes are in Um, Most people love the zeal of Josiah But he ends so quickly And um, so poorly Um, Hezekiah had an amazing story But he also had his his blunders along the way Um, And Asa um, A couple votes for Asa were due to his glorious start as a king though he finished poorly he had a very wonderful start as a king and jehoshaphat's glorious moments despite his um, negative times really do shoot him in at least the top five as for surprises along the way of reading and studying the stories of the kings and the chronicles. Uh, There was lots of them. The depth of King David's story was fantastic, and it was so living and real to all of us. And it's hard to imagine it took a entire year to cover his story. I mean, we can all understand or relate to his life in so many different ways because um, he's the guy who expresses the emotion in the Bible. Solomon was the world's best and worst. It's incredible his story at its heights and the miserable depths he took to his own country. The amount of warfare in this age, um, as much as I love military history, surprised me. It's like every king fought in some astounding battle, and the results were a parallel to their walk with God. The Hezekiah story only grew in size to me. I mean, this guy was hopeless, and God rescued him in in fantastic fashion. Josiah's death is still, I have to admit, as much as I chewed on it just for that one episode, um, it was a bit puzzling. And with it brings such a fear of the Lord to never fight the wrong battles and go into battle without your armor on. The prophets were as bold as ever, and Daniel's story and promotion amazes me. And get ready for a new story as we learn of world leaders, prophets, and we speak of the restoration for the remainder of the year. But let's go further in the life of the kings and what they represent to us. And I've been looking online, and I couldn't find what I was looking for, so I put this together. In total, there was around 10 good kings in Judah, none in Israel. And one could say Jehu was good, but he didn't actually worship God. I mean, he walked away really fast. Um, He was faithful with what little he had. And generally, the scholars just say there was none good in Israel. I assigned a godly character to each of these ten good kings in Judah. And I say that, and then we want to combine the ten characteristics. And if we do that, we should have a description of the perfect king. Our God and King Jesus, but also the character he desires from kings and queens of the earth. And if you want to learn godly character, here's a road map. There's ten godly kings, and yet two of them are not noted for their character to be highlighted. Amaziah, he was good, but not wholeheartedly, so we skipped him because I didn't find an independent character reference for him. We also skipped Jotham since his coverage is so light. Eight kings in their character describe the perfect king, the king to come, the reign and character of Jesus on his throne, and the godly character goal for all of us. David represented God's heart. Solomon, his wisdom. Asa, his meekness. Jehoshaphat, His worship, Joash's integrity, Uzziah, his engineering, Hezekiah, his humility, and Josiah, the zeal for the Lord. In summary, Jesus, our perfect King, operates with God's heart, his perfect wisdom, and strength through meekness. His worship is excellent and powerful, he has perfect integrity. His excellence is displayed in his creativity and design. He is all-powerful, yet perfectly humble. His zeal is an incredible strength and energy beyond our explanation. So back to the inspired idea. Why not start from the beginning? It was a moment for me. Something else must have happened at that moment, because with five kids, we have five kids now, yes, we have... Four girls and a boy in a full-time job in downtown Seattle. Somehow, there's always grace. Understand, whatever God calls you to do, there's grace, and there's provision. And and why do we do this? Um, it required a lot of time to do this podcast, but there's grace, and it's a testimony. There's always time. Somehow, there's always time to record this show. Always time to write a script. Always time to record a show. It just happens. It's, it's a provision thing. Also, thanks to those who have given to the program over the years. Um, except for the guy in Ethiopia who wanted to give $12,000 if I gave him my bank account number. Thank you to everyone besides him. <laughs> Thank you, and it's a real blessing because it helps to offset the bandwidth costs. And if you want to give, the website has links to give. We welcome your gifts, but more importantly, it's prayer uh, for time, energy, inspiration, wisdom, uh, the things you can't earn, the things you can't save. Um, And if you want to pray for us, that would be awesome. Please pray for strength, time, wisdom, anointing to continue the work. There's always grace, but maybe it's because of faithfulness in your prayers. Please continue. So as we move forward, I cannot forsake a personal stirring this program has brought up. Um, it's a desire to promote the progress of biblical history. Any ministries or programs out there we should connect with, please let us know in kings at gmail.com. As for feedback, the audience has grown, but feedback from you at times hasn't. <laughs> we always welcome feedback from comments like, Your Facebook link on the web page is broken. Thank you for that in the past. Um, To the audio quality on that one episode was messed up. And hey, dude, my favorite king was this guy. Or I felt a real stirring on that episode. Just send emails, feedback, message to kings at gmail.com. Some funny moments over the years. Um, Audio dramas bring out some funnies for sure. (laughs) Because someone always just fumbles and fumbles on their words. I do it too all, often, but my daughter still laughs and uh, tells me I should call him Pharaoh Nacho due to his spelling, not Pharaoh Necco. Sorry about the many times at the beginning where I said, this is embarrassing, I'm going to confess to it, though you heard it, I'm sure, if, if you listened through the years. Uh, I said, um, prostrate, no, sorry, I said, prostate instead of prostrate, that was really stupid. So uh, forgive me for that. My apologies for bad pronunciations, of course, with foreign names. Um, we could blame it on all sorts of things, but um, that's those are hard. My kids' noises, you might even have some right now in the background, or the random Lego snap, and apologies if we went too adult talking about Assyrian atrocities over your dinner table, or your kids in the room. My apologies for that. Uh, We burned through um, one laptop over the years. I can attribute that one to water damage. Um, Our microphone just went out the other day, so there's been actually a couple episodes um, without a microphone. Um, But this new MacBook Air seems to have a pretty awesome built-in microphone. Uh, But we'll be upgrading that. Um, So even the technology's changing over the last five years. So where we're headed? We're at the uh, halfway mark. How far will we go? What's the uh, show going to look like through the Gospels? Maybe even until the time of the writing of Revelation. We'll see. We don't foresee significant changes. The periodic break will be for audio dramas Um, One thought was to break the audio dramas into a separate program, Uh, but I've got some um, time investment issues if we do too many extra things. Um, Ask for help needed. Help is needed for sure. Sound engineers always needed. Uh, We could probably refresh your intro. Uh, When it comes time for another audio drama, there'll be another casting call. Um, Any audio professionals out there, we welcome your feedback. Um, other podcasters, you know, please reach out. We can do, uh, um, we can talk as well. So let's talk about the history gene. Uh, this is something I, I don't know if I talked about before, um, but it's something I've been kind of just chewing on. Um, I think there's something to um, this thing we're called the history gene. I actually Googled it, so someone's mentioned this before. Um, but it's the ability to hear an ancient story and not be bored. Instead, you are inspired and you hunger for more. In college, I was given something like two electives a semester, and I chose really hard history classes while other students picked badminton, and other classes were easy A's. I just love history. I took the business route, but history was a passion. My wife, it's not her thing. and It's a strange thing that some people seem to love or just not like history. I love it, and if you're a faithful listener, I assume you do too. Inspired by the past and love to study, comb through the old stories, and you feel inspiration by them. I call it a history gene, because you could have a kid who passionately loves history, while his parents could care less. It's like maybe red hair or twins, a gene that passes down or maybe skips a generation. There's something about history that can actually do that too. There's something about the gift of the history gene. This is something I want to encourage in those with this history gene. You have a gift others don't have. You have the ability to find inspiration in the past. While some refuse it, you receive it. With it, you have the wealth of knowledge and inspiration to pull from. It's this gene that gives you a leg up, per se, on those who are stuck in the present. My second eldest daughter plays softball. And one of her teammates has a brother who loves history. And his parents don't. But the young boy around 10 10 years old spends hours and hours reading World War II books and devours everything history-related he can find. His parents don't know what to make of it. It's a passion of his. God put it in him. It's the history gene. Here's the bonus. Some don't understand this. But so be it. Here's the advantage. If you have the history gene, you have the ability to reach into the past and make good decisions. You have the ability to reach into history and find a like situation in your life, and you're able to apply the lessons they learned to your life. It's a gift to be able to learn from the past. It's a gift of the history gene. Embrace it. So if you've listened to this program for some time, you've inhaled the stories of the past and glory of old, It means you're accelerated by a God story to have your own in the future. Matthew 13, 52. It's the history gene verse. Therefore, every teacher of the law who's become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out his storeroom new treasures, old and new. The new treasures are from the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The old, well, you history lovers... We find treasures in the storeroom of the past, Well, those that deny history don't care for it. As we progress, I have hopes of getting back on the website game since I've, I've ignored it for a while. Hopefully to get it current and more pages and a community forum at some point. That's the plan. About me, in addition to the program, I've been working on a fiction book on the prophecies of Jesus. To learn about writing, I've joined the Northwest Christian Writers Guild. The original episode of the Prophecy of the Virgin Birth inspired me to write an eyewitness account of the prophecies of Jesus. Super excited about it. We've made some serious progress, but writing is time-consuming, yet it's getting there. If there are any listeners out there that do editing or reviewing of manuscripts, that would be awesome. Let me know. I'd like your help. And message to kings at gmail.com. Looking ahead, Daniel kicks into gear as a headliner for a while, as we get enveloped into the Babylonian Empire, and eventually the Persians hit the scene, which is going to be amazing, where the biblical account Herodotus and Josephus meet. It's a collision course in biblical history where East meets West in history confirming the Bible. Oh my, it's gonna be awesome. Let's end with something interesting. It's a power it's the power of story. It's a testimony. How about Revelation 1910? The testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. I had an interesting experience I'd like to share. Uh, from a bus ride on a way to work in Seattle. I was working on a podcast script on the way to work, and I overheard a lady talking about her back surgery, and it sounded miserable because she was in pain. Once the bus stopped, I walked with her out of the bus, and was on the escalator with her, and asked her if I could pray with her because she looked like she was in pain. She smiled at me, and I prayed for her as we went up the escalator. She said she was so happy and her smile beaming. She loved God and she wasn't able to go to church lately because of a new job. She sat her back, felt better as she continued to walk out of the underground station. Then she did something I didn't expect. She started to sing really loud and it sounded like we were having church right there. She walked with me and it, and it sounded like she was singing Amazing Grace, but it was a different song. She walked with me to almost to the exit of the underground station all the while singing what i thought was amazing grace and then it got louder and louder she wasn't caring who was in the station she said her back was getting really much better and then she said darlin i went the wrong way and <laughs> i need to go the other way and she thanked me profusely for praying with her as she turned around and walked the other direction So I don't know what to really make of this story. In fact, I shared it in a small group at church, and everyone was like, wow. The conclusion was the sharing of Jesus and the prayer for healing touched her, pulling out of her the spirit of praise, echoing in the halls of Westlake Center in Seattle. I can tell you it was way better than a quiet devotional time. It was like church on the way to work. It was nothing I expected. You never know how God will use you in business or on the way to work, on the bus, or on a podcast. God, I pray you move upon hearts for others to share the good news. I pray we're filled with joy and we never forget what you have done for us. May we be filled with your joy and praise, regardless of where we are and what we are doing. Thanks again, everyone, for an awesome five years. Thanks for reaching out, finding this study and program interesting. I appreciate all of you. Like-minded in our pursuit of God and His story. And if you're going to be a king, be a good king. Thank